Welcome back to Writer's Advice, everyone. I am so glad you're here. I have another fabulous guest on today and I cannot wait for you to listen in to share this incredible wisdom. Firstly, what do I have to um, catch you guys up on? Not too much, to be honest. Um, There is, if you're not a part of the Writer's Advice Facebook group yet, I highly recommend that you jump in there very, very soon. If not right now, you can click into the show notes um, and it will direct you straight there to be a part of our private group. And if you do join the Writer's Advice group, then um, not only can you find out who is coming on the podcast, you can also recommend who is coming up. But Throughout the next month, throughout December, we have a lot of huge giveaways where you can win a huge pile of all the books of all the incredible guests that we have had on this year. Um, So there is some seriously amazing reads in there. You want to get about that, guys. Um, But yeah, please uh, jump in, jump in there, have a chat um, to all of us in there. I would love to meet you and find out more about you if you are a writer, what you've got going on, etc. Um, if you are loving the Writer's Advice podcast, please, please, please make sure that you subscribe, click the follow button so you know, um, so you get the new episode straight into your listening app each week, but also leave a review or five stars um, if you're absolutely loving this podcast as well, because it really does help us and help um, get some more incredible guests on the podcast as well. Other than that, do I have much new stuff to update you on? Not really. Um, Manifest is out in the world. My second book, it is a new adult rom-com style, very Australian read, which is so much fun. So that is also available um, in the show notes, or you can jump on to the book club where you can actually subscribe for less than six dollars a month so less than a dollar fifty a week and read new chapters um of all the new books i have coming out which is if you're not in there already now here is the here is the spiel paranormal so they are all ya paranormal books um some are a little bit dystopian uh it is the genre that i have moved into and i'm very very excited about and um yeah can't wait to share those with you but There are um, chapters available each week for everyone that is in the book club. Anyway, I think that's it. Now, that's enough for me. Let's get into this incredible episode with another interview from an amazing author. Enjoy, guys. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back, listeners. I am very excited for another episode of the Writer's Advice podcast because today we are joined by the fabulous rom-com author, Maisie Eddings, who is, you've got two beautiful books under your belt that I really want um, you to dive into soon. Um, And most recently, Lizzie Blake's Best Mistake. But I would love to know how this journey started for you and when was the first moment that you realized that you were a writer? 
Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Um, and oh gosh, the you know what? Sometimes I still don't feel like a writer in a lot of ways. Like I feel like I'm just really doing a good job <laughs> pretending to be one most of the time, um, which is a really long-winded way to say I have imposter syndrome. But um, I think one moment that like truly stands out to me um, was when I, I got an offer from my agent um, because it was the first time that I had ever had um, kind of like a publishing professional validate my work. And so I remember I was walking home and it was like a fall day. It was probably almost about four years ago, almost to the day. Um, and I was walking home from school and just feeling like, honestly, I was just feeling like shit. I was like, you know, like this isn't going anywhere. I'm like, you know, hitting my head against a brick wall. And I got an email and it was just like, it felt like the world stops spinning. Like I was just so excited. Um, and so, you know, that was one of those light bulb moments that just felt really, really amazing. Um, and then in a lot of ways, I feel like, so, you know, A Brush With Love and Lizzie Blake's Best Mistake um, felt very easy to write in the sense that, like, I was constantly inspired to get words on the page. Um, but my third book, which comes out in April, um, was like, oh, my God, it felt like pulling teeth the entire time I was writing it. And so now looking back, I almost feel like that was like initiation into real writerhood where it's like I struggled so hard <laughs> that I'm like, OK, that you know what? That's what it took because I didn't give up on that one. <laughs> Does that help get rid of a bit of the pos- imposter syndrome? You're like, oh, no, this is this is actually a job. Like, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's because I was like it was it was one of those so that book is the third book the plus one is probably the most vulnerable thing I've written Mm -hmm. um and by the time and I had to rewrite it too and so by the time it was finally like accepted by my editor and I was like there's not going to be a person in this world that likes this book besides me like it is I was like everybody's gonna hate it nobody's gonna get it blah 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 and um and in that moment, I was like, and you know what? Screw it. Like <laughs> that. Yeah. I like this. I put my whole heart into that book. So I guess in some ways it defied the imposter syndrome or I was like, you know what? Let's like really test out the imposter syndrome here. Um, but I've I've had a couple early readers say it's their favorite in the series. And so that has been um a little uh mind-blowing and like very validating <laughs> oh my gosh I love that and I, I so that's April I'm I'm gonna I want to dive into a little bit more I'm a little bit more about that but was a brush with love the first book that you ever wrote or had you written stuff previously but that was the first that you know you went to publish that was the first that I ever finished so um I like I yeah it took me a long time to realize that I I wanted to be a writer because it almost felt like I've I've always had this idea in my head that writers are like these superhuman creatures right where it's like because storytellers throughout history have been so important and such like pillars of of culture and things being passed down and so in my head I've always had writers on this huge pedestal where I'm like that's not like they're they're not even mortal you know and so then I've like, you know, slowly come 
come to realize that like, oh no, we're just like, we're people too. And like, we're just fumbling around with everything else. Um, but, you know, I dabbled around with a lot of short stories and so many attempts at like starting books and just losing steam and losing focus. And so Brush with Love was the first one that I ever um, fully finished and then took the time to also edit it um which is a whole beast in and of itself yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah I think I had practiced the craft of writing a lot but um never the craft of finishing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that that's for sure yeah. <laughs> and when was the moment then where you're like okay this is the story that I want to run with essentially like you said it came through you pretty easily like it was just flowing through you what how do you pick you're like no that's that's the idea I want to go with essentially I think so um in so many times before that I was kind of um when I would when I would sit down to work I was kind of forcing a story or like this idea of what I wanted to tell or I wanted to say um and, you know, and it just, I, it, it constantly felt like hitting roadblocks in a lot of ways because I would be almost at odds with my characters. Um, and, you know, I had a bit of a quarter life crisis around the time that um, I, you know, A Brush With Love came to fruition. I was in my first year of dental school. I was like severely depressed, very, very anxious, like not having a good time. And <laughs> I was turning to romance books and I was like, I had really bad insomnia. So I was reading like you know, a book a night. And I, it just was such a, um, such a balm to my anxiety and, you know, everything I was going through. And like I said, writing was something that I'd always toyed with, but never like believed I could do. And throughout my life, my mom had always said like, because, you know, she was a single mom raising that I promise there's a point to this, like, my mom was a single mom that raised me. And so there was a lot of, a lot of tears, a lot of drama all the time. And, um, you know, it, when we would come through a hump of like particular melodrama, she'd be like, you're going to write one hell of a book one day. And I think we thought it would be quite a different type of book, more of like, a, you know, a reflective memoir on drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my boyfriend, I don't know why he just always had it in his head too, that I should write a book. And, you know, it was not, it was something that I was like super hesitant to share with anybody that I I had this desire to do, but he, you know, from the start that I met him was kind of like, you know, saying like, you should write a book and blah, blah, blah. And he pushed that idea again when I was um, having this like crisis dental school and he's like why don't you revisit writing why don't you and I'm like what am I gonna write about an anxious girl in dental school like having a bad time and he's like yeah maybe and so you know I thought about this idea a lot and then Harper and Dan popped into my head as these very voicey very vocal and very like fully fleshed characters and they would not stop talking until I started writing down their story and so you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like they they popped into my head and they told me what they wanted their story to be. And it wasn't so much as like I was dictating where this book would go or settling on this idea. It was more just like almost this compulsion to like keep writing because they were talking to me and they were so excited about it. <laughs> and that was the same for the whole friend group, too. So, um, 
Yeah, that was like a really long-winded story and I apologize. <laughs> no, that's a great story. I love that so much. And your boyfriend, what an angel. Oh my God, I love oh, no. that. I know. Yeah, I, I have like this very distinct memory too because we were we were living in Philly at the time. And um, so it was around, it was like January, 2019 that I started writing Harper and Dan's book. Um, and I, I took a really long time to tell him because I was like, I was like, oh, I'm never going to finish this. Like, it's probably silly, like blah, blah, blah. So I like didn't share it for a while. Cause I like, I didn't want to have the embarrassment of being like, oh yeah, I gave up on that. Um, but we were on the subway, we were heading to dinner and he like, he kind of like, like stooped down to look at me and he's like where are you right now and I was like what do you mean and he's like you're you're in a different world you're like a million miles away and that was when I admitted to him well I think I'm writing a book <laughs> and um and yeah and so then you know he opened the floodgates and it was all I've talked about for like five years now so. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much that is such yeah. a beautiful story and I also love those moments where it's like you just need almost like it can be just be one sentence or one little push from someone that completely opens up or, or like lets yeah. you see things in a different um like I love how you said the characters really came to you like that too they're my favorite stories especially when writers like no like these characters were literally sitting next to me while I was writing this story it's so beautiful yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, I mean, same with Lizzie and Rake and like, I mean, they're all just constantly yelling at me and I feel like I've found like a socially acceptable way to say that I have voices in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, I, that is like, the, that is the best thing. I feel like so many writers can, uh, can relate to that. That yeah. is so great. <laughs> um, now, can you give, can you give, if anyone hasn't read your books before, can you give a little, us a little synopsis and possibly if you're allowed to give us a tiny little bit of what to expect in April? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, A Brush With Love came out in March, 2022. Um, and it is about two dental students who um, reluctantly trade fillings for feelings um, as they confront the messy complexity of being an adult and not really being sure what that that means um, a huge central theme to it is living with an anxiety disorder and kind of how that influences your relationships with other people, um, your ability to connect with them. Um, and yeah, I, you know, it's it's definitely like a strangers to best friends to lovers story, um, slow burn romance. Um, but at the core of it, it's very much about two people um choosing each other and choosing themselves uh in a world that often pushes us one way or another um and so then Lizzie Blake's best mistake which just came out uh this month September 6th um is about uh an ADHD erotic baker <laughs> who um well she starts an underground erotic baking scheme and um she is very much like anti-intimacy, anti-relationships. Um, she's been burned a lot and been told her whole life that she's too much to handle. Um, and so, you know, her kind of method of self-care is one night stands and hookups without any feelings attached. Um, in enters Rake, who is a gorgeous Australian visiting, um, for, visiting the States for work. And they have a, a two night stand that ends up with 
with um, a bun in the oven for our baker. And um, the two decide to quote unquote platonically co-parent um, despite their growing attraction. And, you know, they, they move in together and it's very much forced proximity and trying to fight all the feelings and um, very much opposites attract. And like I, like I mentioned, it has um, ADHD rep and um, just kind of a look. I, I wanted to, to show a story where um, you know, some sort of media where it wasn't like she overcomes the adversity of her disability, but instead it's just like a celebration of the way that her brain is wired. Um, that was really important to me. And then um, the plus one, and these are all interconnected. And then the plus one is the final book in that series, um, which follows Indira, one of the best friends. Um, she walks in on her boyfriend. Um, cheating on her in in perhaps one of the weirdest ways possible and like to be totally honest with you I can't believe they let me get away with it because it's so far like <laughs> if that's not a hook for everyone to go and get this right now I'm already like oh <laughs> I was like I wrote this and I was like you know what it was almost like a like a game chicken I was like let's see let's see if they let this let this slide um and they did um so yeah she um obviously hauls ass out of there and um she seeks refuge at her brother's um brother's house and he's in the middle of planning his wedding and he's having this very extravagant wedding and there's like 50 pre-wedding parties and blah 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 and when she gets to his house um her childhood nemesis Jude is there and he is back from a three-year stint um uh being practicing emergency medicine in um high conflict areas and they hate each other um they are not friends by any means like they just they kind of roast the hell out of each other um but Jude is dealing with a lot of trauma of what he's he's seen and a huge theme of this book is PTSD and so the two decide to reluctantly fake date because Indira's ex-boyfriend is also in the wedding party and so they want to use each other as escapes from all of these wedding events and then what do you know these two nemeses um fall in love (laughs) and uh, yeah, and then, you know, I'm going to be honest, they still roast the hell out of each other up until the very end. Like, they don't they don't lose that aspect. <laughs> I love that. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm yeah. so excited for this. That's April. That is, that is absolutely yes. amazing. Oh, my gosh. Now, there's so much out of that that I want to ask you about. So, firstly, yep. the first book, um, mm-hmm. A Brush With Love. When you're writing about, so you said you were going through, like, a, you know, a pretty high anxious mm-hmm. um, time in your life, and then you're writing about that. One, you're able to put so much realness in it. But two, did you find that very therapeutic for everything you're going through as well? Like, is that kind of, was that, you know? I would say, you know, in in so many ways, um, I think, yeah, I think every book has been cathartic in in a different way. Um, because I do write about, you know, mental health and and mental illness is something that I've dealt with for as long as I can remember. Like, I remember having my first panic attack when I was like seven in first grade. Um, And so it's always been like a big component for me. And, you know, it's funny, Harper is is the character with anxiety and I was trying so hard not to make her anxious. And I think I got a couple chapters in and I'm like, oof, 
sorry girl it's like you got a generalized anxiety disorder like oof, don't know what to tell you um, <laughs> and like you know but in in a lot of ways um I wrote that first book um with the belief that nobody would ever read it um that was the first thing in my life that I had ever done um fully and singularly for me and for the joy of doing it. Um, and so, yeah, it was super cathartic. It was, it was really unique to look at two people, um, that in so many ways were very different from me. So Harper and Dan, um, are very much individuals and, and I see them as such, and, you know, I can relate to them in a lot of ways, but they, they aren't me. Mm. Um, but it was like really cathartic to see them in an environment that I was in and watch them make choices where they prioritize themselves or they pursue things that um, are their passions and, you know, allow them to find fulfillment, find love with each other, but also self-love. And yeah, so it was, it was, it was largely therapeutic and very cathartic um, and almost a model to see, how how that could be you know how that could happen (laughs) yeah absolutely I love that so much and I want to talk about um in your second book you also mentioned ADHD now you um you come out and speak about um being neurodivergent I and I like love how you mention this of like no it's not about like it's not it's not putting it into this I don't want to say sob story but it's like not turning it into that it's like no actually this is a superpower. This is how her brain works. This is, you know, and bringing light to that. Cause I actually don't think there's that much out there like story-wise to put that into something so beautiful, like a rom-com. Yeah. Like you, you must've received so much amazing feedback on that. I, I feel incredibly humbled um, for how many people have connected with that so yeah I mean I so I'm ADHD I have autism I you know I kind of run the gambit of like the fun mental health um situations and um but yeah ADHD is something that um I think is really really misunderstood um especially how it's portrayed in media so often we see it in this very male-centric lens, especially for adolescent males, right? Like we have very little tolerance and grace for adults that, you know, actively demonstrate signs of ADHD. And then even less grace for women that have it. And, you know, so many women go undiagnosed and are kind of white knuckling their way through life because they don't fit this very specific model that we've decided to create, to call the paradigm of ADHD. Um, And so that was really frustrating, right? And then you know, on the flip side, when, cause I, I was kind of late getting diagnosed. I was in my twenties when I was diagnosed and I was doing a ton of reading and trying to understand, you know, it felt like I was like granted access to this whole new world where I could like understand myself better. Um, and so many workbooks or books out there about ADHD really are written by neurotypical people and are written with the focus on what people with ADHD can do to change themselves, to make life easier for the neurotypicals around them or make them more palatable to society, which like, am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah, but go for it. Yeah. Fuck that. Like, that's <laughs> stupid. Like, I hate that. Like, 
ADHD brains are gorgeous and beautiful and they're frustrating for you, you know, the people that have them, but they also offer so many, so much like complexity and feeling and different problem solving and creativity. And like, I, I'm, I feel so blessed to have this brain. And so, um, yeah, given the opportunity to write, um, a character that is loved for her brain, never in spite of it, um, was just the biggest honor. And like, every time, you know, I get a message from somebody that's connected with it, um, I get, I get choked up. Cause I'm also just very sensitive. So you know, like all weepy. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I feel very humbled to be able to tell these stories. Yeah, absolutely. And putting them in, you're so right. Like put these things in a fun, great light. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, kind of gets, it's, it's boring of the trope to, you know, like how you said, even PTSD is coming up in your next one mm-hmm. to always make it such negative. So Oh, thank thank you for everything you do, Maisie. I oh, think it's absolutely <laughs> No, I think there's this misconception. You know, I see I see it on Twitter all the time where it's this this conversation about like what makes a rom com and like can you have any sadness and stuff like that. And honestly, I think some of the funniest moments of my life have come when I was like depressed as hell. And just like in my therapist's office, like miserable. And I say something hilarious and then we both laugh. And like, <laughs> you know, like I, that right there is healing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. And so I, I hate this idea that like trauma or rough patches or dark seasons in life are mutually exclusive from joy and laughter and happy endings and love. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I try to to go for in the in the books (laughs) absolutely and and like obviously they've gone so well and so many people love them and I'm so well what is it a plus one is that what you said the yeah the plus one yeah next one as well the plus one that is amazing now Maisie can you give some up-and-coming writers or someone who's maybe working on their first couple of manuscripts at the moment what kind of advice would you give to someone who is currently in that position I think, it, you know, it's it's tricky because, like, I always want to come up with something totally new and creative to share that, like, I've been told a thousand times over. Um, but for me, I feel like I become a stronger writer when I step back from the actual writing and read for the pure joy of reading. Mm-hmm. Um so I, obviously I write in romance and I read almost exclusively in romance. Um, you know, the, the, the mix mix ups come with like historical or contemporary or paranormal or stuff like that. But, um, you know, getting to a point where it's not even that I'm reading a book for a, a study in craft or things like that, where I'm just reading for the joy of being lost in the story. I think that that's so invigorating and, allow and you know reignites that excitement to sit down at the keyboard and and cut open the vein and put your heart into the story that you're working on and so reading is such a crucial component of writing um and then I would also have to say um this this process uh writing publishing all of that um comes with a lot of rejection and and a lot of hurt like I you know, I got a ton of rejection on submissions when I was querying. I, I almost, my book almost died on sub when I was out with editors. Like there is so much rejection. Um, 
And so I think it's really, really important early on to develop a connection with, with your work where you love it. Um, but you know that your worth isn't tied to it. Um, because that, yeah, because so much, like so much heartache and hurt comes when you believe that your worth is tied to, to something, because that's what makes writing hard, right? Like we, we create art, but then the act of selling the book is consumerism. And so it's where these two almost at odd things meet. And so it's like, it's a total mind fuck. And like, it's very painful sometimes. So just, you know, loving the process of writing and protecting the joy of that. And also just knowing that your worth as a human has nothing to do with how your book is received. Yeah, absolutely. Those words are so beautiful. It's like loving it, but then being able to separate yourself at the same time absolutely absolutely oh my gosh I've had the best chat with you I'm I'm so I'm so thank you so much um for joining me today and your books are available everywhere but where can people get in contact with you um see what you've got coming up next etc where's the best place to get in contact yeah well I send out a very long-winded shocking uh, (laughs) sporadic newsletter um and so you can sign up for that on my website mazieeddings.com um m-a-z-e-y-e-d-d-i-n-g-s um and then I am also obnoxious on Instagram quite often so that's at mazie.eddings um I'm trying to get into the TikTok game and um (laughs) but like the problem is I like just keep wanting to like post soup content like I'm very into making soups right now so it's like not very bookish but you know we'll see might pivot um yeah so on 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 TikTok and Twitter I'm um uh at foxy grandpa 27 um so I probably need to change those handles but (laughs) that's the best I love that I love that so much oh that is so great thank you so much um for joining us Maisie and yes everyone better go if you haven't read one of your books before go go and um purchase one of them now because honestly it'll be the best like especially feel good I'm here in Australia now so I feel like that really summer energy like it's it's a really great read for the moment so (laughs) oh my god you're gonna make me cry oh (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks so much for joining me Maisie Thank you for having me. It's been a blast.